gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set once again to go against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards during this hectic holiday season with the college football bowl games now officially underway. In week number 15, two weeks to go in the National Football League season, we'll tear apart the college football cards and the NFL games as well. We welcome our good friend Victor King from King Creole Sports. And Victor, right off the top of the show, the first thing I want to do is congratulate you on your big 10-star NFL over-under totals play of the year winner last Sunday. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much, uh, Mark. Hectic, uh, you got that right. You know, we got this period of time where we're crossing over where basically every sport's got action going on except Major League Baseball. And uh, we're talking bowls, pro basketball, college basketball, end of the NFL regular season, prepping for the NFL playoffs. But again, thank you. That play of ours was over the total uh, San Francisco 49ers, Atlanta Falcons. And we were pretty much smooth sailing throughout the entire game. But lo and behold, with about two minutes to go in that game, we were still a point shy. And I want to thank the Atlanta Falcons for going for a field goal with a minute left in the game and a significant double-digit lead. They didn't really need to do that. They could have ran out the clock very, very easily, and it would have been a a half-point loser. But uh, they went for a field goal. All I can assume is maybe they were prepping for an end-of-the-game field field goal scenario in the playoffs. Again, they really didn't have to do that. But they did. The game went over. We cashed it. Uh, same outcome as our 10-star NFL play uh, in college football with Notre Dame-USC going over. And we're uh, very, very uh, thrilled by the outcome of that particular game. As you mentioned, uh, the bowls have commenced. We should probably do a quick bowl review if we can. Uh, of course, we record the show on Wednesday mornings. And last night down here in South Florida was the Boca Raton Bowl. We had a three-star play on over the total. It was the highest over underline of the balls. I think it closed at 80 points that game between Memphis and Western Kentucky, and they managed to squeeze 82. It was just the first bowl game thus far after seven games that went over the total. Uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday's first five games of the balls all went under the total. Monday's bowl game, the Miami Beach Bowl, went under the total. So the unders started out with a big 6-0 and record. And again, the Tuesday night game was the first bowl over. And also I'm showing, Mark, that uh, bowl favorites after the first seven bowl games have gone four and three as well. So there's your little mini bowl review. Of course, we record the show on Wednesdays. And uh, what do we got going uh, today? It looks like the Poinsettia Bowl. But uh, 41 games, total bowl games, were seven games in. And enjoy the ride for the next few weeks. Yeah, we will, Victor. It's the minor bowl games, if you will, that we call minor bowls as opposed to major bowls, primarily the bowl games that kick off between now and New Year's Day, although that's been changed a lot because of television, the college football playoffs, where we have our college football playoff games now playing before New Year's Day. But nonetheless, we are indeed in the minor bowl portion of the 2016 bowl football season with 40 big bowl games on tap. And as you mentioned, that review here, three dogs have cashed. Surprisingly, ironically, the three dogs that cashed were the first three bowl games. It's been favorites since the, the, the last four games in bowl favorites with the Appalachian State crossing over from an underdog to a favorite prior to kickoff in their Camellia Bowl win over Toledo in that football contest. Uh, also, Victor, talking about the college football bowl games on tap this week, uh, upcoming college football bowl games, uh, I go back and I look at some bowl games, and it's easy to look in the rearview mirror at some games that happen, and you wonder what happens. And I, I will say this, that when the bowl portion of the schedule is, season is over, I'll look back and say that the linesmaker made one huge mistake, and it was my contention from the beginning that I thought they did, and it ended up proving to be that way. I'm not in this in this to, to throw slings and arrows at the linesmakers because they do a terrific job and they know exactly what they're doing, but I just couldn't for the life of me understand why Central Florida – 
mm-hmm. was installed was installed as a touchdown favorite against Arkansas State. That's a team that had lost all six games to other bowl teams this year. They've been outstanding eight straight games in a row. Yet they came favored to a pretty decent Arkansas State football team, but that number did get beat up. I saw it kicked off at three and a half, so they pounded that game late. I think maybe a lot of the sharps saw a little bit of what I saw in that football game. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we move forward in the next week of the college football bowl games here. Uh, looking at the games, there's no major marquee games, if you will. I'll be interested uh, between now and next show, Victor, to see what Army does in their Heart of Dallas Bowl matchup against North Texas because that's the only bowl game that's a same-season rematch, if you will. Uh, a little bit surprising that they paired these two teams up in this same-season rematch here with Army off that big win over Navy. So we'll find out whether or not a letdown is in order for Army in this contest or whether or not revenge is the factor in the game for Army because they were a big 18-point favorite against North Texas uh, back at West Point and lost the game by 17 points. So whether we'll find out a quick gauge of whether letdown or revenge works in that particular bowl game. Uh, Any other thoughts, Victor, before you move over to the National Football League side of things on what you've seen in the bowl games this year? You know, I definitely agree with you in regards to that first bowl game there on Saturday. In fact, I believe it was the uh, second bowl game. If it was not day one of the bowls, Arkansas State could very well have been a sharp handicapper's bowl game of the year. I know you used them on your service. Uh, my dog Speedy used him as his underdog of the day on that service. We used Arkansas State in the Wise Guy contest as well. And... Uh, just looking at Central Florida, a team that had only won, or the way they won zero games last season, and that's another thing that I queried in our database, how bowl favorites have done who won one or less game the previous season. They had done horrific, and that was the case in that one as well. If not for being day one, that could very well have been someone's uh, five-star bowl game of the year in Arkansas State. I know you said you're looking forward to the uh, Army-North Texas game. The game I'm looking forward to is the Saturday Hawaii Bowl game. We want to make a case for the over in that game, but we still don't have a line. There's no point spread. There's no over-under. It all comes down to the status, of course, of Middle Tennessee uh, quarterback Brent Stockstill, and whether he plays or not, we'll keep our eye on that one. But uh, if he is uh, raring to go from that collarbone injury, we'll definitely look to go over in that one. It should be fun. As you mentioned in the Playbook Newsletter, these Hawaii bowl games at Aloha Stadium have been really high scoring when they're playing, when they're involved in the game. They sure have, Victor. And you can also make a note here that whether or not Stock still plays, you'd want him to play if you like the over, obviously. Right. But Hawaii, I mean, Middle Tennessee did manage to put up 77 points mm-hmm. on Florida wow. Atlantic in their, in their last game of the season without him. So keep that thought in mind when it comes to be watching the holiday or the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve this week. Let's switch over to the National Football League side of things here, where we are now into the playoff picture side of things. As we mentioned here, only two weeks remain in the National Football League this season here. So there's some teams obviously sitting on the cusp in the playoffs here. It's uh, We paint the picture for our playoff picture, if you will. And uh, on the outside looking in, we find the defending Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, the Baltimore Ravens. Some very, very good quality football teams that uh, we're going to find out whether they can step up and deliver the goods this week or not, whether they are playoff contention worthy or not. But the thing I want to mention to you, Victor, here, before we get over to our topic, our main topic is this. Uh, There's been, we've talked with Andy Isco about this on the show this week. I had another tough week in the National Football League on my late phone service in the NFL last week again and again, attributable largely to the fact that favorites are winning games and covering spreads in the NFL this year. There's been no room at all for cushions for underdogs who lose the game and still hang a point spread cover here. And it's always been my handicapping philosophy that when you bet a game, you look for the dog because three things can happen. Two of them are good. One, they can win the game straight up. Two, they can lose the game and cover the spread. Or three, they lose the game and don't get anything. Well, that middle portion of that two out of three things can happen is not working in the National Football League this year because favorites are winning games and covering the spreads. And as I talked to you before uh, the show here, we hit on the fact that a lot of these dogs this year, Victor, that are playing poorly, uh, the Cleveland Browns, the San Francisco 49ers are also not covering spreads as well. You know, you're absolutely right on that. You look at Cleveland, 0-14 on the season, 2-12 ATS. A lot of Sharps have been playing on Cleveland throughout the entire season, and they have gone down like the Titanic. Same thing for San Francisco, 1-13 straight up on the season, 
two eleven and one. Not only are they losing, but they're not covering. And you're right; those are the games that a sharp handicapper looks for. The team that can cover the point spread, not necessarily win the game. You mentioned the other side of that. You take a look at a team like the New England Patriots. Best record in the NFL at 12 and 2. Not only that, they're covering the spread. They've gone 11 and 3 ATS in their games. So we submit to you this is the reason why it's been a really good uh, season for the public, generally speaking, particularly in the last four or five weeks. Andy may have some comments on that. It's the fact that. Uh, basically the public every week bets against the Browns and bets against the 49ers <laughs> and, cle- and cleans up. Yes, they do. Uh, we'll find out whether the Cleveland Browns, it's our contention in the Playbook newsletter this week, as you mentioned that, that I feel they can win their first game of the season this year, their one and only game. If they don't, they'll be the only a second team in NFL history to finish the year 0-16. And uh, what we pointed out in the newsletter this week is the fact that uh, since they've been an expansion team, the Cleveland Browns, they fared very, very well at home against West Coast football teams. Those are teams that reside either in the state of California or Washington. And you look at Cleveland, since they've been in the league as an expansion team, West Coast teams come into the dog pound. The Browns are 9-5 and five straight up, 10-3-1 to the spread against those teams. Six and two straight up, six one and one to the spread. If that team owns a losing record, that's the role for the San Diego Chargers this week. So we'll see if our beloved Cleveland Browns can't crack through in the win column this week. Although Victor, I wonder if they even want to win this game with uh, the battle going on with San Francisco for the number one seed, this <laughs> right. number one spot in the draft this year. I don't think they want to give that away because I think they have their eyes on Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback from. Uh, North Carolina, that's my own personal thought, but we'll find out there could be other players that they might have their eye on as well. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Before we get to our main topic here, Victor, I want to share with you that our good friend Steve Crabb, the Texas Tornado, submits no red-faced, embarrassed football teams, no most embarrassed team playing on the NFL card this week, although I might nominate the Denver Broncos as knocking on the door they're the defending Super Bowl champions who have lost two in a row and uh, right now would be out of the playoffs unless they can remedy that particular situation. But the theme on the show this week, Victor, we're talking about the playoff picture being what it is. A tip of the hat you have to give to who will be nominated as the coach of the year in the National Football League this year. And uh, I'm going to ask you who you would nominate, Victor. I'll follow my five, five nominations for coach of the year. And then we'll throw it out to the playbook.com fans to make an opinion poll vote on it as well. If you had to cast your vote, Victor, who would it be for the NFL coach of the year doing the best job this season? Good topic. Uh, we could definitely have a nice conversation and uh, an outstanding poll question as well. I would uh, I would probably throw out two names at this point of the season. You know, the Dallas Cowboys were 4-12 and 12 last year with basically basically the same team. They made a couple of uh, great draft picks, of course, picking up a couple of impact offensive rookies. So uh, Jason Garrett has got to get consideration. They're tied with New England for the best record in the league at 12-2. and two. And that's, again, a year after having a 250 winning percentage Dallas Cowboys. The other uh, coach I would throw out there would be Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. They started off last year with that identical 5-0 and record, but they really kind of crapped out in the second half of the season, Atlanta, and stumbled uh, big time. And here they've rebounded to, uh, of course, take the current first-place spot in the NFC South Division, 9-5 and record. Great offense, improving defense. So uh, I would throw either those two names out there, either Dan Quinn of Atlanta or Jason Garrett of Dallas. On my, two, on my list here, Victor, my short list here, because there's coaches you can go deeper into. You can look at Jim Caldwell has done a great job with Detroit. You can talk about Ben McAdoo and the Giants and even Adam Gase with the Miami Dolphins here. This team has really come alive here of late as well. But I think the two coaches I would nominate would uh, have to be also Jason Garrett. I'm, I'm in total agreement with you on the job that he's done with the Dallas Cowboys this year. And a lot of that is because of what fell into his lap, if you will, that, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott coming to them in the draft and playing and performing as well as they have, have really, really bolstered this football team. But the other name I would throw out there and I would probably vote for would be Jack Del Rio from the Oakland Raiders, uh, taking this team to the playoffs for the first time since 2002, I believe it is done a, a really masterful job there. The owning the best record right now in the AFC West. Uh, so my vote would go to Del Rio one, Jason Garrett two, and I'll put you down, Victor, for either Garrett or Quinn for your two votes. Would that be correct? All right. You got it. 
Alrighty, that wraps up our vote for the college football best job of the year in the National Football League this season. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our college football bowl game of the week and the NFL game of the week. We'll also hop out to Las Vegas and join with our good friend Andy Isco. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is FREEFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code FREEFIREFAN now at FIREFAN.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King during the holiday season, wishing you and yours the happiest of holidays this season. As we go against the spread on the College of Pro Football cards, it's time for our College Football Bowl Game of the Week. We're going to hop into the Military Bowl this year when Temple takes on Wake Forest in a football game coming up this week. Victor, your take on the Temple Owls and the Wake Forest Deacon Demons. Military Bowl it is, and we are talking what Tuesday, the 27th of December, 3.30 Eastern for the Military Bowl. And we do definitely have one of the lowest over-under lines. In fact, it's currently tied for the lowest bowl over-under line with the Outback Bowl. Iowa facing Florida on January 2nd. The over-under line in that game, 40 and a half. And in fact, that's where we currently stand right now for the Military Bowl. It opened at 42 and a half. It's working its way down the last time I looked. This morning, uh, Wednesday morning, as we record the podcast, it is also at that exact same number of 40 and a half. Not much of a margin for error here. It's not surprising the line is this low. Of course, we're talking a Temple team that went 5-7-1 and one over under on the season. A great defense that allowed, what, only 17 points per game. Number three, statistical defense. Number seven in scoring defense. Uh, not much of an offense for Temple, number 65 in the country at 415 yards per game. Uh, this was a team that actually eight games into the season was 5-2-1 and one over under, and that would be the Temple Owls. But they really tightened things down, batting down the hatches in the last four or five weeks of the season. In fact, they went under the total in each of their last five games. That's 0-5 over under. Uh, a solid, underwhelming finish of the season. And in fact, during that five-game stretch, they went under by an average of more than two touchdowns per game, minus 14.2 points per game for the Temple Owls. Wake Forest had basically a very similar season from an over-under perspective, 4-7-1 and over-under overall. The average line, 46.4, average score, 41.0. Similar start to Temple as well for Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons started 3-2 and two over under and finished the season 1-5-1 and one over under in their last seven games with the average margin being just over a touchdown a game, minus 7.8 points per game. Number 20 scoring defense for Wake Forest, allowing only 22 points per game. 
number 39 statistical defense, and not much of an offense to boot, number 125 in the country. They average only 311 yards per game. So now we know why the over-under line is as low as it is here. Of course, uh, from team stats perspective, Mark, Wake Forest 1-4 and over-under their last five games on a neutral site. Temple 2-7 and over-under last nine non-conference games. Five out of their last seven games against the ACC conference have gone under the total as well. The only basically X factor, if you ask me, is whether the Owls are going to be uh, sulking or unfocused after the departure of Coach Matt Rule to Baylor. Otherwise, they're the better team, yes, and they're playing very well down the stretch on a seven-game winning streak. The past six of those by 16 or more part uh, points. You know, Wake, uh, meanwhile, backs into the polls, lost its past three games, didn't score more than 14 in any of them. So we'll lean under at this time. The predicted final score, according to the point spread, and the over-under line is Temple 26, Wake Forest 14 and a half. I see something a little more like a 23 to 14. Now, that's not much of a margin for error. So when I say lean under, it's going to be lean under. But I think we got the potential here for one of our famous under-under teasers that we've talked about in college football in the last month or the last four shows. We're going to take a look at grabbing the double digits with Wake Forest, taking it all the way up to, what, 17 points, and then also taking that over-under line from 40.5 up to 46.5 or 47 and going with an underdog and under-teaser I think that'll be the way to go in the military bowl. Again, we'll lean under, but we much prefer a underdog and under teaser, Mark. Looks like an under and a lean to Victor in this football game, especially from a teaser standpoint. Wake plus 17, the under 47 for his suggested play in the over-under total teaser portion of the Wake Forest Temple military bowl matchup. We could have done a, mar- a little bit more of a marquee matchup bowl for a college football game, but there really, in truth, wasn't one between now and our next and final show of the week next football season here. We brought Temple to the table because of all the bowl teams playing, they have a 10-win season playing in a minor bowl game. That almost always spells disappointment for teams that won 10 games but landed in such a minor bowl as did Temple. Not to knock anything they did this football season here, the Owls, a great season here. In fact, this team won their last seven games in a row. They captured the AAC Conference Championship and played absolutely terrific down the stretch. We would normally be looking to play on teams like this as opposed to fading them, which I'm going to do in this contest here. They started out just 3-3 three and three this season. But the loss of head coach Matt Rule leaving the football program to take over the Baylor program I think is a huge jolt and a big, big disappointment to Temple. That coupled with the fact that they're going back to the very same site that they won the AAC championship game against Navy at for their bowl game. It's not really much of a reward for a bowl game when you're going back to the scene where you captured your most recent victory, uh, unless you're a home team, which Temple is not in this football game here. Uh, This is also a football team that, if you take a look, this last five times, or last eight times, there's a one and seven to the spread against teams that come in off a straight-up and ATS loss. Uh, our teams in bowl games that finished up the season 5-0 and straight up and against the spread. So that's a bad, tricky role against Temple in the contest. For Wake Forest, they come in here disappointed. They had a 4-0 start and a 2-6 and finish. That would almost always spell a play against, but they're thrilled to be here is Wake Forest, just the fact that they're going bowling here. They were the number three team in college football this year in fumbles recovered. So they play a really, really good, tenacious defensive brand of football. Does Wake Forest coming into this contest here. And if you take a look, they lost their last three games of the season. As I mentioned, that's really been good for bowl teams because teams that go into bowl games on a three-game losing streak, they're 11-3 and to the spread when they take on an opponent that's off back-to-back wins and covers. They were only 1-6 and straight up in their seven games against bowl teams this year, but 4-2 and against the spread in those football games. I'm going to lean to Wake Forest plus the points in this contest here for no other reason because of the Wakey Leaks situation that's occurred. Uh, the investigation going on with Wake Forest and the uh, uh, the Louisville former 
coach and announcer passing on Wake Forest information to other teams in advance in hopes of Wake Forest losing the games. I think that's going to stir up the pot and stir Wake Forest for this football game here. I'll play Wake Forest plus the points against what I think is a disappointed Temple football team for my side in the military bowl football game. Don't go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. we got a dandy in the AFC when the Indianapolis Colts take on the Oakland Raiders. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code PlaybookKing. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code PlaybookKing. That code again is PlaybookKing. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code PlaybookKing. Now at FireFan.com. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards, and it's time now for our NFL Game of the Week. We're going to take on a matchup of two potential playoff teams out of the AFC playing on football this weekend in the National Football League when the Indianapolis Colts journey out west to take on the Oakland Raiders. Victor, your take on this potential playoff showdown between the Raiders and the Colts this week. And it's a potential shootout as well. It's the highest over-under line of the week in the NFL. Opened at 52.5, up to 53 as we record the podcast on Wednesday. You mentioned during our NFL segment the great job that Jack Del Rio has done with Oakland. Not only that, though, but they lead the league in players going to the Pro Bowl with seven Oakland Raiders making it to the Pro Bowl. Congratulations to Oakland, a, what, three to three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, and of course, I mentioned the high over/under line. It's a series that's actually been fairly low scoring. Four out of the last five meetings have gone under the total average line, forty-eight point four. Average score, forty-four point zero. On the season, Oakland comes in as the fifth best over team in the league, ten and four over/under on the season for the Oakland Raiders, including a great record at home, five and one over/under with an average of 57.2 points per game in Oakland home games this season. The Colts on the flip side, the 10th best over team in the NFL this season, 8-6 and six overall, including a very solid record on the road, surprisingly, since they play their, of course, home games indoors in a controlled environment. Surprising to see that the Colts have gone over the total in six out of seven of their road games this season with an average of 52.6 points per game. Uh, Mark, we want to make a case for the over. I'm almost dying to make a case for the over, and with great numbers like that, uh, that would not be a surprise. Not only that, you got the number six scoring offense in Oakland against the number eight scoring offense, and the number 27 defense in Indianapolis against the league's third worst defense. Oakland ranked number 30, allowing almost 400 yards 
per game on the season. Again, I want to make a case for the over. Our buddy Texas Tornado, Steve Crabb, he's been talking about this game to me in email conversations for almost a month now, how it had great over potential. And I would agree, if this game were played a month ago, then I may I might be very, very tempted to play this game over the total. But, you know, since, uh, since Oakland quarterback Carr hurt his hand, Oakland has failed to score over 20 points in the game. They've scored 19 and 13 in their last two games, both of which have gone under the total. And on the flip side, the Indianapolis Colts, after starting the season 7-2 and two over under, they've actually gone under the total in four of their last five games. As much as I want to, I cannot get behind this game and the over. In fact, as we speak here on Wednesday morning, there are no games in the NFL this week that I like over the total. Now, give me a couple of more days to handicap and check out the database, and we'll definitely find something here. But to me, what is the clincher is this is not a good week of the season to be going over the total in games with a high over-underline. Game 15 of the season with an over-underline of greater than 49 points have gone 3, 14, and 1 over-under since the 2008 seasons. And in fact, in the last four years, these games have gone 1, 7, and 1 over-under. So even though a lot of people are going to be playing the over, and if you do like it, and you do play it, I say good luck to you. But for me, I'm going to bail on the game and pass on it from an over-under perspective. Victor takes a pass on a football game that had all the earmarks and makings of an overplay, but just not quite enough to get Victor to make a call on the contest. He's going to pass and watch the Raiders-Colts game with us this week on this big AFC showdown game. The Oakland Raiders host the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts come in the number 10 seed currently in the AFC playoff race trailing Baltimore, Denver, and Tennessee. This becomes a huge football game for Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts, who, by the way, control their own playoff destiny. If the Colts win out, they'll make the playoffs. It's just that simple. Two wins by the Colts. We'll be watching them in the NFL playoffs. Andrew Luck has really performed well throughout his NFL career in the month of December, the closing month of December, where he's 13-4 and four straight up, 10-5-2 to the spread. The Oakland Raiders come in having clinched a playoff spot sitting in a nice position right now in the AFC. They're coming into this football game after their big win over San Diego, in which they clinched that victory, just 7-19 and 19 straight up, 8-18 eight and 18 to the spread in games after the Chargers, 1-8 and eight straight up, and ATS win favored after taking on the San Diego Chargers. They've got the Denver Broncos on deck next week, a bad look-ahead spot here for Oakland, if you will, because they're only 1-7 and seven to the spread in games before playing the Denver Broncos. Bottom line to me is you got a hungry Colts football team playing maybe arguably their best football of the season, taking on a well-satisfied Oakland Raider football team who has not performed well at home in this role. You go back and look, Den- I mean, make that Oakland as a home favorite, 7-23 and 23 straight up. They've lost 23 times the last 30 times. They've been favored at home. They've lost the whole game straight up, 3-18 and 18 to the spread when they're favored by Less than four points. I'm going to correct that. That's 7-23 and 23 to the spread, I should say, in the last 30 football games. And when they've been favored by less than four points, they're just 3-18 and 18 to the spread are the Oakland Raiders here. Plenty of room for Oakland to get the job done here in this football game. If they don't win the game, I think they can handle the number. I'll play Oakland plus the points for my side in this football game this week. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now and check out on the Vegas vibe and find out what's going on with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. Andy, how are you doing this holiday weekend? I'm doing fine, Mark, and happy holidays to you and all the staff and all the listeners and uh, just hoping that uh, the eggnog tastes very good by the end of the weekend. Well, the eggnog, I used to sample the eggnog from my grandmother, who was uh, a teetotaler, but uh, she loved her eggnog for whatever reason. And when I sampled it, I found out why she liked her eggnog. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't quite the complete teetotaler that everybody had envisioned, but uh, it was her time of the year. And God bless her. Uh, I look forward to visiting grandma and having eggnog with her during the holidays. Unfortunately, she's gone now, but my eggnog days are gone as well. But 
uh, we're going to have a good time, I think, this holiday football season with the holidays as well. And I hope you and yours do the same as well, Andy. Uh, On to the football side of things here, Andy. Well, Victor and I were talking about the National Football League playoff picture getting deeper and deeper. We've only got two weeks to go in the National Football League playoffs here. Anything right at the top of your head? that uh, has caught you to be a little bit of a surprise as we enter into the final two weeks of the NFL football season as far as maybe teams that should have been there that aren't or teams that are there that perhaps you thought would not be? Well, I think we can see that uh, once again, there's going to be significant turnover in the number of teams or the composition of the teams that make up the playoff field. Normally, of the 12 playoff teams from one year to the next, there's usually between five and seven teams that don't make it back, which means that they're replaced by five to seven teams that were not in the playoffs last year. And already, we've seen teams like the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders clinch playoff spots. We're likely to see Atlanta make the playoffs, possibly a team like Tampa Bay. So once again, we're going to see a new new look to the uh, NFL playoffs. Even a team like Tennessee still has an opportunity to uh, make it into the playoffs after a rather significant drought. So uh, one thing to keep in mind over these final few weeks of the season is that there are two different types of must-win situations, and the handicapper and better needs to distinguish between those two. There's the must-win situation for a team fighting just to make the playoffs, That's not necessarily a good situation because what that means is the team has not done enough or won enough to be in a position where they didn't need to win just to make the playoffs. The other type of must-win situation is not really a must-win situation, but it'd be a nice-to-win situation because you can improve your playoff seating. For example, uh, the Dallas Cowboys quote-unquote, must win to clinch the number one seed. Well, that's a lot different because they're already in the playoffs. It would be nice for them to win and get that number one seed. Similarly, a team like Oakland and Kansas City, both of those teams are in the playoffs and are going to just be able to uh, uh, play out the string to see where their seeds are. So uh, I'm, I'm often reluctant to play on must-win teams when those teams are in situations where they need to win to just make the playoffs as opposed to backing teams where if they win, something even better occurs for a team that's already made the postseason. Good points of view from Andy Isco overviewing the NFL playoff picture as we enter the final two weeks of the football season. Two different types of must-win teams, if you will. And Andy, I know we've been reviewing the Westgate Superbook contest, and I know there's some must-win situations that have to be going on in the contest now as we're down to the final two weeks of that big Westgate Superbook contest. It's been a very, very odd year, Mark. We remember the start of the season when the consensus got off to a 4-16 and 16 start, and then they sort of leveled off a little bit, went 11-17-2 over the middle stretch of the season, and then four weeks prior to this past weekend were extremely hot as those teams, uh, as the consensus plays, went 15-4-1. and one. Well, the consensus winning streak sort of broke last week, but it didn't turn into a loser as the consensus in the contest last week went 2-2-1, and and the two winners were the most heavily played teams of the uh, contest last week. In fact, nearly one-third of all contestants made Pittsburgh the number one selection. They covered barely minus three at Cincinnati in their 24-20 comeback win. And the number two two selection, Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus six and a half, just got in the number with nearly 600 contestants on that uh, uh, selection as well. So overall right now, the consensus 32-39-3, and and it would take roughly a uh, uh, a record of about eight and two to get to the break-even point uh, for the season, but it's been a nice run for the players in the sportsbooks uh, live betting, as well as for the consensus plays over the latter half of the season. And looking at the contest standings after uh, talking the last several weeks about how last year, the last few years, we've had the leader in the 70% range. Right now, the one leader, I don't know if he's a fan of the Denver Broncos or a fan of soft drinks, but Orange Crush <laughs> is the leader. <laughs> Went three one and one last week in the contest to go and or stand at rather forty eight twenty four and three. That's forty nine and a half points, a half point lead. Forty nine and a half points out of a possible seventy five equates to a sixty six percent winning percentage of the seventy two people who are at forty five points or more, which is what it takes to cash. In fact, uh, spots 48 through 72 would share the final three places, so it would be a small payday, but we'll see what happens over the last two weeks. The point is that the um, the 72 contestants at 45 points or more, 45, 60% exactly is what it takes to get into the money with two weeks remaining in the contest and in the NFL regular season. Orange Crushes, good news for people that love the Denver Broncos, or if your name is Orange Crush in the Westgate Superbook Contest as he leads the pack 
heading into the final two weeks of the Superbook contest. And Andy, before I hand it over to Victor here on the show for uh, his question that he wants to run by you, I know as well. Any major moves you saw from Jay Cornegay's send out last week as opposed to what we're seeing for lines this week on the National Football League card? There actually were quite a few, and some of them were most surprising, and maybe the most surprising of the moves involved the game between the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. Of course, the Patriots off of a very nice, satisfying revenge win at Denver last Sunday, 16-3, to and the Jets off an abysmal performance uh, for the second time in three weeks on their home field, getting destroyed by the Miami Dolphins after taking an early 7-0 lead, losing 34-13 last Saturday night. Well, last week when Jay put the numbers up for this week's game, Prior to last weekend's action, the New England Patriots were a 13.5-point home favorite over the Jets. When this line came out Sunday afternoon, knowing that the public has been betting on New England for the entire season, a significant adjustment of three points. The New England Patriots opened and remain a 16.5-point home favorite over the New York Jets, despite the fact that over the last four or five years, the New York Jets have played the New England Patriots as competitively as any team in the league has, yet I'm not sure I want to grab 16 and a half with the New York Jets right now. Other moves that or adjustments, I'd rather I'd rather call them adjustments from last week's line to where they came up on Sunday. The Tennessee Titans were three and a half point road favorites at Jacksonville prior to the weekend, following Tennessee's come from behind win and uh, Jacksonville's uh, come from ahead loss that resulted in the firing of Gus Bradley. When the line came up Sunday evening, Tennessee was up to a was put in as a four and a half point road favorite at Jacksonville. That line has since been bet up to five. The San Diego Chargers at the Cleveland Browns, both teams playing out the string. Cleveland looking to avoid an 0-15 start to its season. San Diego last week was a modest four and a half point road favorite following Sunday's actions. The San Diego Chargers were opened as a six and a half point road favorite bet down to a minus six. The game that you and Victor talked about a short while ago, Indianapolis at the Oakland Raiders. Last week at this time, the Oakland Raiders were six-point home favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. Indiana, of course, went in and destroyed Minnesota. Oakland had a come-from-behind lackluster win at San Diego. So instead of being a six-point favorite when the Lions came out Sunday evening, Oakland was a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, bet down to uh, three-and-a-half. And another move that needs a little bit of explanation, and I don't have what to offer, the Los Angeles Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers, two of the three worst teams in the league, arguably. Last week, the Rams were two-and-a-half-point home favorites in this game. Following this weekend's action, uh, where both San Francisco uh, lost by 28 on Sunday and the Rams lost at Seattle by 21 on Thursday, the Rams were put in as three-point favorites, so actually a half-point adjustment up in favor of the Rams. That line was bet up to four. It settled back in with the Rams a three-and-a-half-point favorite, so we've seen an adjustment between two teams that lost by a combined 49 points last week and rather evenly split in those losses as far as the margin goes, actually be adjusted from under a field goal to over a field goal favorite. And then the final game that is worth noting is the Cincinnati at Houston game. Last week, Houston, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite in this game Saturday evening against the Cincinnati Bengals. After Cincinnati lost at home and Houston uh, barely won against Jacksonville, Houston was opened as a two-point home favorite. This line has been bet down to one, possibly on the expectation that A.J. Green, who was thought to possibly play last week, is now listed as probable for this week for a Bengals team that will miss the playoff at playoffs and a Houston team that does need to win to continue to enhance its chances of making the postseason. That's a review of the lines and the major moves that happened in Las Vegas from last week to this week from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And I encourage your listeners out there to check out Andy's excellent weekly publications. You can download them at TheLogicalApproach.com or pick up copies in the PlaybookSuperstore.com websites as well. Victor, I know you've got a question. As I mentioned, you'd like to run by Andy this week as well. Right, and we were talking about this topic before the show. Uh, I want to get De- Andy's opinion, definitely, and, of course, Mark, if you have one as well. But it's the hot topic right here, right now in college football. And, of course, you know, the adults involved have known for a while, really, that the bowl games are meaningless. Yes, there's a lot of money to be made for the university, for local merchants, for the stadium, for TV stations, radio stations, airlines, hotels, everybody but the players. And, of course, the execs, Andy, the college administrators, they can toss out all the platitudes that they want about the cherished bowl experience. But two of the biggest stars are not buying it. We're talking about 
Leonard Fournette of LSU, Christian McCaffrey of Stanford, their decisions to skip their last college football games to preserve their health for an NFL payday. They see a bowl game that's more risk than reward. Uh, it's already happened in regards to coaches, the the countless coaches who left one job for the next, bypassing the bowl along the way. They figured it out a long time ago. My question, Andy, is, is this spelling potential trouble for the bowls? At least the 35 or so bowls that have no national champion implications. I, I could see it uh, causing some issues down the road. We've already have 40 bowl games this year in addition to the national championship game, and that does not even include the bowl game last week between Grambling and North Carolina Central, which uh, uh, is really a reward for the two teams in the small minor black conferences, the MEAC and the uh, and the SWAC. But of the uh, 40 games that involve 80 teams, some of whom have losing records, uh, the bowl system has lost a lot of luster. Just take a look at some of the crowd shots in some of these not half-empty stadiums, yeah. but 80% empty empty stadiums. And as far as these players who uh, who decide to bypass the ball for the benefit of preserving their health for the uh, uh, for the upcoming NFL combines and the NFL draft, I don't have a huge problem with it in these minor bowl games. Certainly not if it uh, has met with the uh, approval of not so much the coaches, but their teammates, because you always hear about let's go out and win one, win one for your teammates, etc. If the teammates are understanding and normally they are, uh, then I do not have a problem. I have a little bit more of an issue if, say, I was involved in the two national championship semifinal games or the championship game, but uh, we've not seen that situation yet, and I don't know that we will because I think th- when you're playing for the biggest prize in college football, then I think you do have an obligation to go out there and uh, uh, put your self-interest secondary to the interest of the teammates with whom you've played all season. And as far as the bowl structure goes, I've maintained for a number of years that the bowl system could be incorporated into a realistic playoff. We've talked about it before. A 14 playoff is not a four is not a playoff. It's an invitational and it has to be looked at that because you've got one of the five major conferences left out. If you have an 18 playoff or a 16 team playoff, well then you can use the existing bowl structure to host the uh, let's say the seven games that we'd be involved in an 18 playoff, the 15 game that would be involved in a 16-team uh, playoff. And then you'd have the major bowls survive and the minor ones that basically do nothing other than raise money for ESPN and do contribute to the athletic uh, budgets of some of the teams and some of the conferences involved, but basically uh, go very much unwatched. Has a, a handicap or a better, the more bowls, the merrier, but that's a very small uh, percentage of the uh, population out there as far as the viewership is concerned. Andy Isco with his take on both college football star players missing bowl games and perhaps a revamp that might be in order for the college football playoffs, if you will. And I like what he calls it, an invitation rather than a playoff, as we have it now with only four teams participating in the college football playoffs. Andy, once again, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you like on the NFL football card this week. If you would pass it on, if you can. Well, I'm going to look at one of the ugliest games on the card. We talked about it a few moments ago when I mentioned the line move, and that's the game between San Francisco and the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, these teams met the opening night of the season in San Francisco as slight home underdogs. The San Francisco 49ers shut out the Rams 28 to nothing. That's the last time that the San Francisco 49ers have won a game this year. Uh, the Rams uh, have not done much better. They've actually lost nine of their last ten games, four in a row. Then they beat the Jets in that scintillating 9-6 victory at uh, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey and proceeded to lose their next five in a row. So now you've got two teams playing out the string. You've got one team that would be looking for a new coach in the Rams. The other team might be looking for a new coach, depending upon what the 49ers and Chip Kelly decide to do after the season. When you're looking at bad teams playing one another, I don't really consider it to be much of a home field advantage because these teams are so unpredictable and so, so unpredictable and so bad that you can't really count on them winning in situations when they are expected to do so. As a result, in a game like this, I would actually price this game a pick 'em, and anybody can try and pick the winner because neither team has shown an ability to uh, perform up to a level that uh, would be considered favorable to them. So I'm going to take a look at San Francisco. I'm seeing three and a half. I'm seeing plus four out there. 
think they have the edge at quarterback with Kaepernick. They've got the better running game. Uh, both teams have been weak on defense lately. The Rams' statistics are skewed because the defense performed well over the first half of the season, but they've not performed very well down the stretch. The 49ers have not performed well defensively all year. Now, the Rams have had difficulty running their offense. The 49ers at least have been able to show a semblance of an offense, even if it's been coming from behind, although a couple of times this year they've had nice double-digit leads early in games. I think the 49ers right now are playing the better football of two teams not playing very good football at all. Give me three and a half, four points. I like my chances with the 49ers. Andy Isco on the San Francisco 49ers plus the three and a half for his side on that big Rams 49ers bottom of the barrel bowl football game, if you will, when they take kick off the football contest this Saturday. Andy, once again, a great job on the show this week. And once again, happy holidays to you and yours. We'll look forward to visiting with you on our final show here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread next week. I'm going to wish you the best of luck with the bowl games and the NFL as well. Thank you, guys. Mark, Victor, best uh, holiday wishes to you and yours as well, as well as all the listeners out there. And uh, let's have a good uh, wrap-up to the season. I'll look forward to next week when uh, a little bit more certainty will be able to be discussed. We look forward to that, Andy, as well. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't you go away. When we come back, I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, Victor and I, with our complimentary plays when when we put the final wraps on this edition here of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread today. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. There's a storm coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game. Because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing FireFan. It's a game changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores. You call the plays all in real time. While you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other diehard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year. FireFan, ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code, FREEFIREFAN. That's player rewards code, FREEFIREFAN. Play the game, fan the fire, earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football card this week. We call it 7-7 Whiskey Sour. And what we're looking to do is to play against any NFL division favorite in game 15 of the season who is 7-7 on the season. Just that simple. It's game 15, you're 7-7, and and you're a division favorite. These teams have, in this particular role, struggled, gone just 10 and 31 and 2 to the spread. That's a 77% play against situation. We'll play against the Buffalo Bills as they whiskey sour against the Miami Dolphins this Sunday for our awesome angle play on the football card this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his top complimentary call on the show. And Victor, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this weekend. Absolutely, Mark. All plays, of course, are available at the website, playbook.com. We've started out the bowls with a 3-1 and record. We'll have more bowl over-under selections throughout the weekend, along with our uh, NFL over-under plays. Also, again, check out playbook.com and uh, the handicappers on that page including ourselves, uh, been a good season in college football and in the NFL. Before I get to my free play, give me a 30-second rant here, Mark, about cold weather in the NFL. 
And there's a tendency for a lot of the squares out there to automatically bet NFL games under the total when it gets really, really cold, like 32 degrees or less. And nothing can be further from the truth in these games. Uh, in fact, uh, take a look at a couple of games from last weekend, Mark. There was a game that was really, really cold in Chicago between the Bears and the Packers. And check it out. Both teams accounted for 900 yards of offense. Green Bay, 451. Chicago, 449. That game went over the total. How about the game in Buffalo between the Browns and the Buffalo Bills? Another game in extremely cold weather up there on the shores of Lake Erie, in which the Bills accounted for 451 total yards in the game. In the last 15 years of the NFL... There's been 187 games in which the game time temperature was 32 degrees or less. 107 of those went over. Only 80 went under. So, again, if you're automatically thinking about going under in NFL games in very, very cold weather, don't. Because you'd be on the losing end of the stick right now. And we've got three or more, three or four more of those cold weather games coming up this weekend. The only thing that should really matter in regards to the total is high winds, and we're talking 20, 25 miles per hour or more, and that's rarely the case in the NFL. So don't let bad or cold weather impact your decision in regards to an over-under. Uh, with that said, Mark, we're going under, and our under of the week this week is not going to be in a cold weather. It's going to be down here in the Sunshine State with the Titans and the Jaguars. It's going to be grabbing the top spot in this week's totals tip sheet. Of course, uh been a rough year for the Jaguars, 2-12. and 12. Gus Bradley's now looking for new employment. One of the reasons, of course, for his termination is a struggling offense that's averaged only 17 points per game at home this season in the Jaguars. And, of course, another reason that Bradley went down was his, his uh, determination to stick with Blake Bortles, a quarterback, a guy who's ranked number 29 in passer rating this season. You really can't get much worse than that. Under players, they're probably aware that this has been a pretty low-scoring series. In fact, each of the last six meetings played in Jacksonville have indeed gone under between these two teams with an average of only 34.7 points per game. And yeah, I know this season's earlier meeting went over the total, the game that was played in Tennessee in which 58 points were scored. I'm very, very well aware of that. But sharp over-under players always look to go under in a divisional rematch when the first meeting went over the total. This is another one of our top five over-under rules. In division games, when the first one went over, you look to the under in the second game. Uh, finally, Jacksonville's poor one-loss record puts them in an outstanding under situation. In the second half of the season in the NFL, this has gone 5, 27, and 2 over under in the last four years. It's gone 1, 18, and 1 in the last two years. In the second half of the season, home teams with a 250 or less overall winning percentage when the over under line is 42 or more points, that applies to the Jaguars this week. The line is 43 to 44 points. Mark, we're going low with the Titans and Jaguars. And again, don't forget to join us this week for. College football over-unders, NBA over-unders, and NFL over-unders. A big weekend on tap from Victor King at King Creel Sports this weekend. Check out all of his plays online at playbook.com. Victor also on the under total in the Jacksonville-Tennessee division rematch for his complimentary play on the football card this week. Before I get to my complimentary call, I want to remind our listeners out there that our friends at mybookie.ag are offering up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus just in time for the college football bowl and NFL playoff games. All you need to do is to log on at mybookie.ag and use the bonus code PLAYBOOK. Or give them a call toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get yourself in position for your up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus with our friends at mybookie.ag. And also a quick note here that my once-a-year 10-star NFL Game of the Year is going to kick off this weekend. We've been documented 10-3 and in our Big game plays this year. We come up just a bit short last week with Cincinnati in the NFL for our perfect system play when they came close but didn't quite pull down the money against Pittsburgh in that contest. That's our 10-star NFL game of the year. It goes this weekend. You can pick it up with all of my 
NFL and college bowl plays from Saturday through next Thursday. That's a full week of winners for just $129 complete. When you call me toll-free to get on board for the 10-star NFL Game of the Year Week of Winners at 1-800-321-7777. Or you can sign up online now for the Big 10-star Game of the Year at playbook.com. My complimentary call on this week's card in a quick bowl, the quick lane bowl, I should say, which kicks off Monday, December 26th. We're going to play Boston College and take the point from Maryland in that football game as we have Maryland on our fade list in the bowl games this football season. Simply put, you look at Maryland from the college football bowl stat report. And by the way, you want to get your bowl stat report if you haven't done so yet as we do the bowl games here on our podcast that's got off to a 5-2 and two start on all of our winning sides in the bowl stat report. You can get that at playbook.com as well. Looking inside the bowl stat report, we know that Maryland – Went up against seven bowl teams this year. They were 1-6 and six straight up and 0-7 oh and against the spread and in the stats. They were out-yarded 199 yards a game against bowl teams this football season here. You also take a look at Maryland here. They come in with their defense, horrible defense, if you will, number 88 in all of college football, giving up 444 yards a game as opposed to Boston College, number eight ranked defense, allowing just 311 yards a game. That's 133 yards a game disparity to Boston College, the dog in this football game. Inside the bowl stat report, we note that dogs that are out back-to-back wins who won just three or less games last year are 19-8 and eight to the spread in bowl games. On the flip side, Big Ten bowl favorites against ACC teams are just 2-6 and six straight up, 0-7-1 oh, to the spread. You couple all that with the fact that Maryland under first-year head coach D.J. Durkin, a bad omen here because first-year bowl coaches are just 2-13 and 13 to the spread when they take on teams that are off a straight-up underdog win in their last game of the season. You put it all together, I'll play the defensive dog with Boston College for my side in the quick lane bowl for my complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to wish all our listeners out there a very Merry Christmas this weekend. Wish you the very best of luck for our friend Victor King from King Creel Sports, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week for the final edition show here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread for the 2016 season, I want to remind you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.